just one big pile of shit. It's 12.01, the witching hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my prehistoric pal, my favorite terrifying pterodactyl, the voluptuous velociraptor herself, everyone's favorite brontosaurus babe, and my co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Big Monster Month continues here on the program, but before we get to that, we would like to welcome all of you to the Late Night Fright. Be you a spook, specter, astral traveler from Dimension X, or alien envoy from the Black Knight satellite, welcome one and all. We are so glad you have chosen to spend a little time with us. We would especially like to welcome any bloodlusting, murdering, sumbitchin' T-Rexes who are tuning in to tonight's broadcast. That reminds me of a joke. Faith, what do you call a dinosaur that's dressed up like a cowboy? I don't know, Dan. What do you call a dinosaur that's dressed up like a cowboy? Tyrannosaurus Tex. Be careful with the T-Rex humor. Those things are vicious. Uh, I'm not scared of them or their little arms. Big Monster Month does indeed continue tonight with a film that features, you guessed it, dinosaurs. It's also a spiritual sequel of sorts to one of your all-time favorites, Jaws. It is Jaws on Land. Remember the land shark from the older, funnier Saturday Night Live days? He was actually a dolphin, and Belushi did a great Dreyfus. John Belushi did do a great Dreyfus and would have fit right in in tonight's movie. We may talk about that in him a little bit later on. Faith, so far in Big Monster Month, we have covered 1953's The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and 1957's 20 Million Miles to Earth. What is our offering to the Lords of Horror this fine evening? Tonight, we have 1993's Jurassic Park from director Steven Spielberg. This movie is based on a novel by Michael Crichton, who co-wrote the screenplay by David Kep. Released on June 11, 1993, Jurassic Park quickly became the highest-grossing film of all time, thanks to its wonderful cast, thrill-packed story, and its state-of-the-art visual effects. It also has a pretty good score by John Williams. His scores are usually okay, aren't they? you like adequately mediocre. Faith, we host a show on public radio. We strive for adequately mediocre. Jurassic Park's cast is indeed wonderful. The story is thrilling and the effects are definitely state of the art. That score by John Williams is pretty good too. We're going to get to all of it tonight. Right now we are going to take a short pause for a coffee cause, but when we get back you'd better be ready for an adventure 65 million years in the making or be able to run really fast. Those raptors are quick. I'm Dan. I am Faith. You are listening to The Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. 
We will see you on the other side. shark, aren't you? Candy Graham. Candy Graham, my foot. You get out of here before I call the police. You're the shark and you know it. Wait, I, I'm only a dolphin, ma'am. A dolphin? Well, okay. <laughs> Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, horrible horoscopes. Open Shutters is a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl. Join hosts Barry Marino and Philip Landry as they take you on a hair-raising journey recorded in the most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana. Open Shutters is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, and many others. Enjoy the view from the open shutters, but don't fall out of the window. <laughs> Making the late night fright is a lot of fun, isn't it, Faith? What with all of the slashers, the creatures, the thrills, the chills, the kaiju. Gesundheit. Thank you. There's now a way for you to support the show. You can donate directly to the show to help us offset some of our operational costs. That would be our hosting fees and when we occasionally need to run a movie. If you go to our official site, thelatenightfright.podbean.com and click the Become a Patron tab in the top right-hand corner, you'll find everything you need to help the Late Night Fright stay spooky. That's a lot of information. You're not expecting our awesome listeners to go back and write all that down, are you? Nope. If you check the show description, you'll find a link right to the site. Also, if the spirits move you, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That is always appreciated. You're doing the most important thing you can right now by listening. We appreciate you tuning in every week. We know you have a lot of options as to how you spend your time, and we are flattered you choose to spend a little time with us here in Cozy Corner. You can also email us at latenightfrightpodcast at gmail.com. That link is also in the show description. That's almost too easy. That's what she said. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your continued support. Stay spooky.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are so glad you've chosen to spend a little time with us here on our little show. Before we take the tour of the park, let's get a quick coffee check-in. Faith, what are you drinking? I am drinking Wide Awake's 100% Colombian, and it's fantastic. Delicious. So delicious. Has a very cute donkey yes, on the does. box. I am drinking their Seattle-style dark, also by Wide Awake. It has a very cute owl on the box. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with their products, please check them out. They make a wonderful coffee, 100% compostable pod, and the price point is just right. If you can't find them in your local market, you can order from them online. So yes, you can. Might leave a link to them in the show description tonight. You should. I love I love their their coffee. I do too. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Travel with us to an island off the coast of Costa Rica where industrialist John Hammond has bankrolled a new theme park that features biological attractions. Those biological attractions? Dinosaurs. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. dun. After a worker is killed by a velociraptor, Hammond's investors want experts to visit the park and certify its safety. The name of the park? Jurassic Park. Dun, dun, dun. 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 A little bit of greed and corporate espionage leads to the dinosaurs breaking free from their enclosures and terrorizing our human cast. The man responsible for the mayhem? Newman from Seinfeld. Dun, 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 dun. That's the long and short of it. Our cast is anchored by Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant, Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sattler, and Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm. Richard Attenborough portrays industrialist John Hammond, the man responsible for developing the park and for all of the carnage that ensues. The supporting cast is just as good. The late Bob Peck portrays game warden Robert Muldoon. Martin Ferrero is lawyer Donald Gennaro. Wayne Knight, Newman from Seinfeld, and the man who helped make Sharon Stone a star in Basic Instinct, portrays the greedy Dennis Nedry, the park's computer programmer. B.D. Wong is Dr. Henry Wu, the man responsible for creating the dinosaurs that inhabit the park. We also have an appearance from an actor who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. You know him, you love him. We have Samuel L. Jackson as the chain-smoking chief engineer, Ray Arnold. Finally, we have Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello as Lex and Tim, Hammond's grandchildren who survive a night in the park with the help of Dr. Grant. The effects are courtesy of Stan Winston, Phil Tippett, Michael Lantieri, and Dennis Murin, with paleontologist Jack Horner supervising the designs. Industrial Light and Magic, the effects company founded by Star Wars creator George Lucas, was responsible for creating state-of-the-art computer-generated effects that had never been seen in films up to that point. And under Lucas's supervision, a revolutionary sound system, DTS, as digital theater system, was developed, making Jurassic Park the first film to be released with digital sound. Ray Harryhausen would be proud. Yes, he would. Jurassic Park has spawned four sequels with a fifth on the way. Critical response to the film upon its release was positive, and it did indeed go on to become the highest-grossing film at the box office until Titanic in 1997. In 2018, Jurassic Park was selected for preservation in the United States Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. 
Jurassic Park is now regarded as one of the greatest action thrillers ever made, and a lot of that has to do with Spielberg's decision to portray the dinosaurs as animals and not as monsters, a lot like he did in 1975 with The Shark and Jaws. We will be scoring Jurassic Park in one category tonight, overall film, and in lieu of stars, we will be awarding it Big Piles of Dinosaur Shit. With that out of the way, Faith, what did you think of 1993's Jurassic Park? As always, this film is just such a joy to watch. I love this movie so much, and it's always entertaining to watch for me. I never get bored of it. I just, I love it. Every, it's just one of those magical movies. You know, there's just so much excitement to it. I love it so much. It's always welcome mm-hmm. revisiting Jurassic Park. And I always feel the same way that I did the first time I saw this movie. Exactly. Almost 30 years ago now. I'm going to get into my first experience with this movie because I am of the generation lucky enough to have seen this in the theater and I was the correct age for it. I was 14 when it came out. So I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was the age <laughs> oh, group. Yeah. I was what they were aiming for, right? <laughs> um, I have a few notes here. I want to introductory notes I'd like to get mm-hmm. through. Um, let me start with this is one of the best movies we have ever talked about on the show. True. <laughs> this is this is up there with the best movies. And I was in my head, I was making a list of the best movies. And Jaws is one of those movies that we've talked about that is one of the best. So mm-hmm. we have a spiritual sequel to Jaws tonight. <laughs> yes. So this is also a movie where we have a lot going on. I want to break down a few things here. So you you hit the nail on the head. This is a fun watch. Oh, yeah. This is an absolutely fun watch. It doesn't matter what's going on in the surface, right? This is a fun watch. And in that regard, it's a lot like Star Wars from 1977, because on the surface, Star Wars is one thing. Underneath, it's, it's a lot else. of other <laughs> yeah. things. And on the surface, Jurassic Park is an action film. It's a science fiction film. It's a horror thriller. And all of these elements are playing off of one another. OK, mm-hmm. they're, they're playing off of each other underneath the surface. And the beautiful thing about this movie is it's about something. Great movies are always about something. It's it's very rare that a great movie isn't about something more than what's on the screen. This one's really about something. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about big monster movies this month. We did uh, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, 20 Million Miles to Earth. Uh, We liked 20 Million Miles a little more than The Beast, but enjoyed both of them Mm -hmm. a whole lot. This movie seems to fix the monster movie problem that we talked about. And we talked about this when we talked about The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode, please check it out. It's available there in the back catalog. One of the problems with big monster movies that we identified is the lack of interest in the human characters with the emphasis on spectacle and effects. This movie seems to find the perfect balance between the human drama Mm -hmm, and those human characters and the dinosaurs and the effects. And these effects, I might say this a lot tonight, they're still amazing. I know. This is a 30-year-old movie. They're still amazing. This is also rooted in classic big monster movies. Godzilla was an inspiration on this, as well as Jaws. So mm-hmm. the director was influenced by himself, <laughs> and rightfully so. There's even a nod to King Kong with that big gate that they go through when, the, when they're on the tour. Those, they even the, reference it. <laughs> he does. He, he directly says King Kong, yeah. So there's something about it that's very familiar. Mm -hmm. Great movies also are usually very familiar. Star Wars, even though it takes place in a galaxy far, far away, the the themes and the situations and the people and the and that that 
populate that galaxy, you know who those people are. You know those mm-hmm. people because they're archetypes. And so it feels familiar, even if it's alien. This feels very familiar. You know, you know, we've seen big monster movies before. Mm-hmm. So there's something kind of nice and cozy about it. So it's yeah. doing its <laughs> this riff on the big monster movie. And the other thing that it has going for it, it's what they call a high concept. And a high concept is basically like the big idea behind the movie. So this is this is what we're building the structure of this movie on. High concept can be a question. So in this case, the question is, what if we clone dinosaurs? So right. that's 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 kind of just the thing. Right. Hanging out. You know, the mm-hmm. big that's what you sell the movie with. What if we clone dinosaurs? Come see our dinosaurs. You know, <laughs> dinosaurs are fun, aren't they? Were you a dinosaur kid? A little bit, yeah. I, I was to an extent. Um, I had dinosaur books and stuff, and always liked to learn about them. And I don't, I think, I don't think I had like dinosaur figures or anything. But there's something, there's cool. something rather romantic about the dinosaur because the dinosaur was so big and powerful and ruled the planet, yet couldn't survive. The extinction, right? Right. Kind of, it's, it's, it's <laughs> heady stuff, heady stuff. But, uh, but that's, that's it. That's the big question here is what if we cloned dinosaurs? But then we've got all this other stuff going on. We're going to get to some of that. So, but before we go deep on this. That's what she said. There it is. I want to talk a little bit about the theater experience. As I said, I was 14 when this came out. <laughs> this came out the year before you were born. Right? So, so you have a little different uh, view of it. I'd like to get your take on it. I can honestly say that when this came out, we hadn't seen anything like this before. The There was spectacle. There was thrills. It was fun to watch. And it's always fun to watch a horror movie with an audience. I can remember that first viewing sitting there in that movie theater. I can tell you where I was sitting. It was packed. It was open and weekend. And I could just imagine the pe- energy in the there. The <laughs> energy was so wonderful. People were talking to the screen. Um it wasn't like if you're watching a Halloween movie and it's like, don't go in there, you know, but it's more right. like people are like, like no run, you know, <laughs> um, I've never been in a film. I've never had this experience with a film before or since, uh, with the T-Rex when the T-Rex gets out and is attacking the car with the kids in it. And when I tell you, this is the first time that we're hearing the sound that way, mm-hmm. cause it's all around you. Yeah. And, you know, three-dimensional sound, and then you're seeing this thing play out in front of you, and it looks so completely real, and it feels, it felt like you were there, and you could, you could genuinely feel that scene, mm-hmm. and it was just a trip. It was, I it was a real imagine. trip. It was, uh, it was, it was a real great experience. It's one that I look back to like really fondly, like that first time I saw Jurassic Park. And the thing about this movie is, um, you know, you're never going to get that same high as you do the first time you see something like this, but, right. but I still feel that those it's same that kind of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just still so cool to see. It, it's very it cool really to see. Is. And I'm very lucky. And I mean this and, and anyone out there, listen, I'm uh, early forties. So anyone out there who's listening, if you're in your early forties, hopefully you can, you can uh, feel where I'm coming from here. I feel very fortunate and blessed and lucky to be in the generation <laughs> that got firsthand. We got Star Wars, we got Indiana Jones, we got Batman, we got Terminator 2, we also got Jurassic Park. It was such a wonderful time for movies, and I draw the line from 1977 Star Wars to Jurassic Park is like that really great special effects period. Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful. Yeah. Really, aren't really you, cool. You special? 
I'm pretty special, <laughs> Fev. I'm pretty special. What was uh what was your first viewing of I this? honestly you don't remember? cannot remember. That's I've I've been thinking about that the last few days going into this movie. I cannot remember where I was. I know I watched it in school at some point too for some odd reason. We we, we watched it. I don't know if it was movie day or we talk about dinosaurs. I have no idea. But I remember watching it there and I think there were people who had never seen it mm-hmm. and hearing them kind of react to it. I had already seen it at that point, but you know, it's just kind of cool to see him react to it. And like I said, I think I'm still reacting the same way as you first see it. Right. Because it's just, it's so real. It's its a really impressive film. What impresses me about it is I'm getting older now and, and hopefully looking at things with more mature eyes. Uh, some, would, some would argue that I've attained maturity. <laughs> but um, it, it, it as, as we said, it's working on so many levels. There's so many wonderful things going on in this movie. This isn't just a thrill ride. This isn't just, Hey, let's, let's scare the bejesus out of people with these dinosaurs. So with that said, let's get into it. What is this movie about? I think it's about two things. I think it's more about one thing than it is the other thing. Although it's kind of the same thing, if that makes any kind of sense. So hit us with it. (laughs) This movie is about parenthood. This movie is about becoming a parent, accepting responsibility, you know, for being yeah. a parent, uh, it's about bringing new life into into the world. This is backed up throughout this movie visually. Mm-hmm. This is backed up thematically. This is what this movie is about. So, let's do a quick deep dive here. Okay. What do we have visually? Well, we have this wonderful scene in the beginning of the movie where we have Dr. Alan Grant and Dr. Ellie Sattler, played by the wonderful Sam Neill and Oscar winner Laura Dern, and they are uh, digging in the. Uh, Mon- is, it, is it Montana? I believe it is. Bad or somewhere Lands. The Badlands, yeah. Great movie, Badlands, is, isn't it? <laughs> um, they're digging up there, and it's really interesting because they had developed this technology where they would uh, uh, kind of shoot something into the ground, create sonar, and so they didn't have to dig, but they could see what's under there. And there's a intact velociraptor uh, fossil. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're looking at it on a computer screen, and what does it look like? It's like a sonogram. It looks like a sonogram, doesn't <laughs> it? It, does. it looks just like a sonogram. Then they're having the conversation about uh, children. She would like to have a child. We are presuming with Alan. Uh, it certainly seems that way to me. They're yeah. a very compatible couple. They're a very cute couple, too, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think, think there's so. something really <laughs> precious about them. Um, and he needs to accept responsibility. He seems to be uh, a little hesitant mm-hmm. in that regard. You know, we don't yeah. do a deep psychological dive on him, but he he, he doesn't quite feel it yet, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're going to see him accept responsibility when in the second act of this movie when he protects the kids during the night, okay? So he protects the kids, and then we get to the last act of the movie, the velociraptors. We're going to... Oh, I'm getting chills thinking <laughs> about that. We're going to talk about that in a second, but the velociraptors are attacking Ellie and Alan and Lex and Tim, And what do we have that's finally formed in this movie? We have a family Family. unit. We have Mm -hmm. mom and dad and two kids. And now they, they kind of bundle together for safety and they're saved. They're saved by nature. Nature saves them. The the T-Rex saves them. So it's almost like the film is saying, okay, see, see, this (laughs) is, this is natural. Mm -hmm. This is natural. What they're doing in this laboratory, that's not natural. This is natural. So this is the natural order. So, but he accepts responsibility for that. There's the formation of the family unit. Okay. 
what else do we have in this movie? We have birth. We see the birth of a velociraptor. We yeah. have eggs. We see creation. We see DNA. We see it all. All of it is, it's all over this movie. Then the second thing that this is about, and it ties in with the parenthood idea, we have the ideas of chaos and control. And chaos is represented by Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. He is espousing chaos theory. That's also what this movie is about. It's chaos theory. And what is a child but chaos? <laughs> uh, then we have control represented by John Hammond. He's cloning these dinosaurs. What is he doing? He's trying to control nature, right? They're building in protocols. They're saying, oh, no, there's no unauthorized breeding. And Malcolm, that great Jeff Goldblum, ah, uh, ah, uh, nature finds a way. Uh, <laughs> and... And so then we get into the whole thing, like Malcolm wears all black clothing. John Hammond is dressed in all white, like this old fatherly, grandfatherly God figure mm -hmm. walking around this island, this garden, this paradise. You could draw that comparison. I think you're supposed to draw that comparison. I think so. And so it's kind of set up like, is this God and the devil? I actually think it's something more than that. I think it's actually they're representing yin and yang. And I think there's yeah. a completion between them. So I don't think it's fair to say one's the devil and one's God. That's that's I think that's way too easy. And I think that's that's negating their personality traits because Ian is not a devil. No, you know, he's not bringing <laughs> um it's, it's, it's ironic, too, because the guy who's espousing chaos theory is actually the one making the most sense. The mo I was going to say, the he's most the sense. one so we're gonna get, we're logical. Gonna, we're going to get to that in a second. So this movie really does ask the question, because we can do something, should we do something? So Faith, where are you on that? Let me, let me go one step further with this. Cloning. This movie talks about cloning. Mm -hmm. It was in 1996. Okay, this is this is what 20 almost 25 years ago now at the time of this recording. Dolly the sheep. We had in Scotland. We had Dolly the sheep. They made Dolly the sheep from one cell. If if um if my research is correct, my question now is: Where are we in the process? Have we cloned humans? If we can clone humans, is this something that because we can do something, should we do it? That's a question, right? Yeah, I mean. I don't necessarily think so <laughs> all the time, right? You know? Right. Right. You know? So um, before we kind of move on to the next section, which can be a lot of fun, um, the thing with nature in this, and they're doing unnatural things by cloning these dinosaurs, right? Uh, I've mentioned this movie a few times. I realized this when I made this note. I've mentioned Star Wars Attack of the Clones several times in the past few months uh, on the show in reference to other things. So maybe that's something we need to look at a little deeper on a, on a later date, which it, this might be sacrilege to some fans. Attack of the Clones is actually, I think my favorite of, of that trilogy. I love that I love movie. It. It's, there's a lot of questions that that movie asks, mm -hmm. but there's a great scene in there where Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to Kamino where they're cloning the, uh, the troops, mm -hmm. you know, Jango Fett, they're cloning Jango, who's going to become the clone troopers. And, it's really beautifully represented because uh, they have this very sterile egg looking society. These aliens kind of look like sperm mm -hmm. almost. And it's very sterile and white and clinical and outside. It's just storming. The wind is raging. It's like mother nature is going, how dare you? How dare you do this? And in this movie, nature kind of says, how dare dare you do this you pay a comeuppance for messing with nature right you know and that's something that we saw in jaws too 
I would like to add something to you, though. Yes. It might be me going way out of the box here. <laughs> so, Dr. Wu, is that his name? Dr. Wu, yes. He claims, Wong. He claims all of these dinosaurs are female. Correct. You know, they, can't, they can't reproduce on this island. Correct. Right before they get to the island, they get into the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Grant is trying to buckle his seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And he grabs two female pieces of the seatbelt. Correct. It's like some... Is that some type of like little, I don't know, it hit me as that's, I was watching that's it. That's really was interesting because like, I always. He can't put the pieces together or he can't. Because he can't buckle. He can't buckle he can't them buckle. because, you know, it's two females. And, <laughs> and that's Faith. I've been watching this movie, as I said, for almost 30 years. And that's, I've always seen that as Alan being an you know, adaptable. You know, he's, he's he quick right. to think on his feet. So he, so he ties it. <laughs> I didn't go that. That's a, that's a like level that's like under. I actually paused it and I was yeah. like, huh, interesting. Yeah, because because somehow it makes it work, right? Yeah, life finds a way. Yeah, isn't it? Let's talk about the dinosaurs in this movie. The and dinosaurs are the real stars of this movie. Um, they're animals, which is great. Mm-hmm. Which is great. What do you think of the dinosaurs here? First, oh, let's God. talk about them from a special effects standpoint because you kind of forget their inc- special effects. That, you, I mean, you, they you are so realistic. I mean, they're terrifying. I mean, they really are. They're absolutely terrifying, and but but awe inspiring at right. the same time. It's it's a weird, it's, it's a like weird emotional have... spectrum that you're on yeah. with, with these creatures. <laughs> you stare at them in like disbelief that they're not real, but then it's like, look how creepy they are, you know? Yeah. Um, Let me say, uh, the first time we saw the brontosaurus. You know, and listen, this movie... Well, the product, that's not creepy. I'm no, thinking. no. And we're going to talk about the faces in this movie. But the first time as an audience member that you see, you know, I'm going back to that first view. Mm-hmm. When we saw the Brontosaurus for the first time, and, it, and, and it's amazing looking. It's absolutely amazing looking. Beautiful. And it was like, wow. Like... I know. You know, and it's so beautiful because the the film captures the emotions of the audience on on the character especially sam neill is really great there we're going to talk about him in a second but um but they're all inspiring too and then they're absolutely terrifying and what i love is you can't really tell where the cgi and the uh animatronic stuff and even like puppet stuff i know starts and ends and that to me is the mark of a great special effect when you can't see the strings you know, you get because the shot when the raptor hits the uh, oven, you know, and knocks itself when Cole cocks itself, mm-hmm. that's a CG raptor, and it looks like it's holding weight in place and is and is oh, just as real as when when they're animatronic, and it's amazing. It's absolutely it, it's it's still still kind of mind boggling, and what I love about it is I'm watching the movie and I'm going I'm I'm trying to figure out what's what and finally about halfway through the movie i went just stop just just enjoy this ride and what a ride what a ride it is but um i like i like that he he treats them like animals and not like monsters and this is around the time too when the theory as far as i know i'm not a dinosaur expert but i do remember this theory was being put forth at this time and jurassic park the book i think was one of the things that helped uh uh, popularized this idea is that they're not reptiles they're more bird-like more avian mm-hmm. and uh with the hollow bones and things like this and i love that they that he treats them like animals a lot like the shark and jaws again the spiritual sequel he says this is jaws on land <laughs> but they're not 
monsters. No. You know, but they are animals. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a, is a, is a huge distinction. You right. know, uh, this isn't like uh, like the Terminator or something. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's is is you know they're, they're animals. Mm-hmm. They're doing what they the animals do. do. Yeah. Right. And uh, and that's part of the question of the movie, too, is do we have any right to bring these things, you know, into our time? Because this is what's going to happen. They're going to be animals. Animals are going to animal. That's that's it. <laughs> you know, um, to me, the two stars of the movie are the T-Rex. The T-Rex is an absolutely amazing creation. Um, I know. It's terrifying. <laughs> but when I saw this movie, I, I didn't know what velociraptors were. At the time, I'd never heard of Velociraptors when I saw this movie. And the Velociraptors oh, steal the film. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, it's like as bad as the T-Rex is. It's like there's something worse. And I compare them to the T-Rex as Jason Voorhees. Uh, I was thinking, I was about to say, they become like the slasher in the slasher They're slashers, film. Yeah. They really are. And the T-Rex is Jason Voorhees and those Velociraptors are straight up Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I mean, and they made me. I was watching this movie for the show. And I've seen this. I can't tell you how many times I've seen. I've seen Jurassic Park a few times. Right. Okay. They scared the shit out of me. And I'll I tell know. you what it was. It was when they came in. Uh, by the way, that's a great shot. That's a great scene when Laura Dern says, yeah, it's uh, it's incapacitated as long as it can't. It hasn't learned how to open doors. And then they cut to the scene where they're o- it's open in the door. It's figured mm-hmm. out how to open the door. And they come in. But what got me was when um, the Queen Bee... Raptor comes in and starts making that sound, and it's that um, that guttural throat mm-hmm. hunting sound that mm-hmm. she's making. And the sound got to me, but then I had this really chilling thought that she's doing that to like psych out her prey. And it's just it was just it, oh, it was it's it's an intense. It's it, that's one of my favorite scenes. The last like, twenty minutes of this movie, movie are absolutely wonderful when the raptors become the villain. Yes, you know. It's wonderful. When oh they my when they enter the kitchen, it makes me think. I feel like it's a Halloween movie. I don't know if it's like maybe. Yeah. Oh, which one? H two O has, has like the kitchen, the kitchen stuff. Yeah. It makes me think of it like this, these really are the slashers in the slasher film. Like they they are terrifying. <laughs> right, and in each of the set pieces with the with the slasher source, <laughs> the slasher dinosaurs, the um, the, you know the big the big thing with the T Rex and then the. Uh, the kitchen scene and that whole ending scene with the Raptors, uh, they're kind of different in their tone, but you know, they're achieving that effect. There's so much tension in this movie and it's built in these wonderfully different ways, you know, but again, you can really look at the T-Rex as Jason and these Raptors as Freddie. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And the movie, great movies always tell you what they're going to do before they do it because you have to have the information to appreciate what's coming and right at the beginning of the movie, you get the information about what what how a raptor hunted, which is terrifying, and and that's a great scene. And then they're hunting, yep. and you know what they're going to do to these people if yep. they get them, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. It's <laughs> it's really it's a great movie. Um, one note about the special effects: the effects were rendered the way that Harryhausen did stop motion. He had puppets. They actually did stop motion with the computer images so we have a nice line back to ray harryhausen i love it this i think it's wonderful it is i think it's great and uh i i didn't dive too hard on it but i would have i should have found something i was looking if he said anything about this i'm sure he loved it i'm sure i'm sure that this was yeah a dream for him to see 
creatures that fluid right you know, on screen <laughs> i'm i'm still i have to say it I, i'm i'm still just you know knocked out by how good the effects are i know i mean really it almost 30 years old looks like it came out you know, yesterday yesterday i yeah. mean <laughs> yesterday <laughs> no complaints at all so the dinosaurs in this film they share some screen time with a really good cast i think oh, yes. we have a really good cast here the great director, Irving Kirshner, who was one of George Lucas's teachers at USC and directed The Empire Strikes Back. He's one of the greats, y'all. Uh, Irving Kirshner said, there's no landscape like the human face. And for me, this movie, this one thing I was noticing, it plays out on faces. You see a lot of close-ups of mm-hmm. these people. You get a lot of reactions from these people. A lot of the tension in this movie is shown on the faces, which makes you even more tense. And then the fact that these people... Uh, these great actors are bringing life to these intelligent people, and these intelligent people are scared, makes you even more worried, right? right? Exactly. But the movie plays out on the faces, most famously on Sam Neill and Laura Dern when we see the brontosaurus for the first time, which is one of those great iconic scenes in movies. It's really wonderful, and it is just a uh, uh, prototypical Steven Spielberg shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this cast. We had a good cast. Like Jaws, we have kind of the three leads, right? Mm-hmm. We had uh, Quint Hooper and uh, who's uh, who's the one I'm forgetting, um, Brody, Brody in Jaws. Okay, so we have uh, Dr. Alan Grant, Dr. Ellie Sattler, and Dr. Ian Malcolm here. We have three doctors. Sam Neill, uh, he was cast. He was the last one cast, cast three or four weeks before filming started. They considered William Hurt for the role first. I could totally see William Hurt mm-hmm. in this movie. William Hurt didn't want to do it. Then they went to somebody else named Harrison Ford. I've never, never heard, heard of him. him. Um, <laughs> he passed on it. I can understand why he may have passed on it, but I think he would have been excellent in this as well. But uh, Sam Neill ended up getting the gig. He was in a movie called Dead Calm. Uh, that's what he was most famous to American audiences. That's uh, Dead Calm is a 1989 thriller uh, that helped introduce Nicole Kidman to American audiences. Billy Zane is also in it. It's a great thriller on a boat. We need to do it. Never seen it. It's really good. Might might make our next thriller month. I was thinking about that when okay. I was like, I was like, oh my God, you did call him. Um he's really good. They chartered a boat. They chartered a boat. <laughs> they chartered a boat. They they regretted chartering that boat. <laughs> he's really good. What do you think oh, of Sam Neill is Doctor? Really what do you think good. of the character of Alan Grant? Because I feel like he's kind of in a way, the eyes that you're seeing this mm-hmm. this through. I like him. I like his progression through the movie and how, you know, he kind of, not necessarily changes completely, oh, he, but he does. He does yeah, yeah, but you can see him changing throughout the movie and I think it's wonderful. And, and we see that. So good. We see the We see the level of change through his interaction with the kids. So, mm-hmm. so the closer the kids become to him, we see how much he's changing. At first, he's very standoffish with them. But one of my favorite moments the kid asks what car are you riding in yeah one you're not gonna be yeah or no he asked the kid the one you are yeah the one yeah (laughs) something like yeah and then you get the great exchange (laughs) after that with ariana richards uh you know she said i should ride with you because it'd be good for you (laughs) so and that brings up laura dern as academy award winner laura dern one of our favorites here uh she's she's my favorite part of this movie Mm -hmm. there's something (laughs) There's something about Laura Dern in this movie as Ellie that's yeah, she's just, very special. <laughs> and that was the she was the first choice. She was the only choice for Ellie. And he told her if the story uh, I read is correct, Spielberg, she was nominated for an Oscar for something. And 
I think he saw her at the Oscars and said, I need you to come to Hawaii and run from run away from dinosaurs. <laughs> and she said, okay. <laughs> and she's, you could tell she's kind. Mm-hmm. She's a kind, she has a kind heart and she's smart and has a wonderful sense of humor. Mm-hmm. That whole thing with, uh, you know, her and Malcolm, man creates dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaur eats man, you know, woman rules the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff happening in this movie mm-hmm. with the characters. And uh, another great face. You see so much of this movie play out on her face and her her vulnerability in the scene with John Hammond when, they're, when their loved ones are missing out in the park and they're eating ice cream. And, mm-hmm. and she really brings a lot of sensitivity to this. Yeah, she does. She And she's the she heart does. of the movie to me. She, yeah, she's exactly. The heart. I was just about to say that. She's the heart. And, uh, you know, great movies. Again, we're talking about great movies. Uh, We have a great movie tonight, and we've been mentioning what other great movies do. Well, much like in Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters takes a whole human being. They take the brain, and they give it to Egon Spengler. They take the heart, and they give it to Dr. Ray Stans, played by Dan Aykroyd. We're going to talk about his friend in just a second. And they take the mouth, and they give it to Bill Murray (laughs) in that movie. What they do here is you have the heart that is, is taken by... Ellie Sattler, you kind of have the courage taken by Dr. Alan Grant. Well, the brain in this movie is definitely Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, and he comes off as very smart in this movie. He always comes off as very smart Mm -hmm. because he is very smart. He also spends most of the movie flirting with Laura (laughs) Dern, and I think it was real because they they were dating a few years later. I think they actually got engaged to be married. He is an agent of chaos. He inhabits it perfectly what do you think of dr ian malcolm and jeff goldblum by extension are you a goldblum fan i am the man's a national treasure isn't I know. he <laughs> he really is no I, I really like him here i like his presence and i feel like he's a good little addition to the two of them you know like he on this, is an agent it, of chaos yeah, yeah. like on this and adventure <laughs> when you when you meet the three of them for the first time which is a great scene in the movie um on that helicopter ride coming in it he is uh charming in an, in another actor's hands, he may have been repulsive. Yeah. But he's not repulsive, even yeah. though he's flirting with who I think is our main character, Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. He's flirting with his girl, <laughs> but he's, it, you're laughing at him. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's got that great laugh mm-hmm. in this movie. And, uh, and he, it, it's weird. He's not full of himself. No, he doesn't. He's very con- there's a real confidence to mm-hmm. him. And but it doesn't a, feel egotistical or anything. No, at all, no, 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 no. No, even though when he even when he's saying, "See, I'm right," yeah, <laughs> and and his he's he is he's a character of chaos. I mean, he rubs John Hammond the wrong way, you know, and and he brings, but he's also the one that speaks truth. He's the one that's got it right, right. you know. And I love I love his speech. I think his best moment is when they're having dinner, and he says, "You know, it didn't cost you anything." to attain this power and now you're marketing it, you know, and you're selling it, you're selling it, which I think is a great scene. And he's right. He's, he's, he's right, right about it. You know, they don't respect the power and we see what nature does. Mm-hmm. So, um, the character who played Dotson, who was the one with the barbersaw can that he gave, uh, Cameron Thor is the actor's name who played Dotson. He actually auditioned for, uh, Ian Malcolm. They actually considered Jim Carrey for that too. Okay. So, I don't know. I think they got it right. Yeah, I think so. I think they got it right with Goldblum. I think he's I think he's perfect. I mean, that black leather jacket. So <laughs> I have been on a kick recently. I just want to throw this out. This is one of these fun what ifs. And it's a it's kind of a sad what if. Uh, 
I'm a huge fan of John Belushi. John Belushi was one of the original Saturday Night Live, not ready for primetime players. We've talked about him on this show with Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters was written for him, and he's popped up a few times um, Mm -hmm. just in relation to, I know we talked about Aykroyd, so he came up during the Nothing But Trouble episode. Um, He left us way too soon in 1982. He was 33 years old. He just made 33, and he he passed away. John had his problems. As Dan Aykroyd says, he was a good man but a bad boy. Um, Before I get into it, if if you're not familiar with John's work, his four years on Saturday Night Live or the seven feature films that he made, the two most popular being Animal House and the Blues Brothers, you really need to familiarize yourself with him because the man was an absolute genius. He really was. He had uh, the same kind of charisma that Brando had. He He could do that, and... Uh, there, there's a, there's a manic, not manic <laughs> per se, but, uh, there's this real kind of electric energy yeah. about him as a performer and he could do things without even saying things. Uh, <laughs> if you watch him in animal house, you'll see it. But I'm a huge fan of John Belushi. And for some reason I'm watching the movie and Steven Spielberg directed it. I've been listening to the blues brothers. I've been watching old Saturday Night live and it clicked in my head that because Belushi was directed by Spielberg in nineteen in the film nineteen forty one, and one thing that I that I do from time to time is, man, what if John had lived? What would John have done? Mm-hmm. And and I think John would have impressed us with. Oh, I think so. Yeah, you know, I think John Belushi was getting ready to be one of our great actors. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot the way Bill Murray is now regarded as really kind of has broken free of that comic actor, and he's just regarded as this great actor. And I think John was getting ready to do this. And for some reason, I'm watching Jurassic Park and it just hit me like a bolt. I'm watching that scene with Ian Malcolm and on the airplane, on the helicopter as they're coming in. I'm like, oh, my God, if Belushi had been alive, <laughs> he would have killed that. He would have. <laughs> I mean, so if you're out there, if you're a fan of John Belushi, I want you to watch Jurassic Park. And I just want you to imagine John Belushi flirting throughout the entire movie with Laura Dern. How beautiful would that have been? Faith, can you see it? Oh, I can see it. Can you see it? I, I can, can see, see it. it. The eyebrows. The eyebrows, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, what we would have gotten with him when Malcolm gets hurt and is on the back of that Jeep and the faces when the dinosaur is coming, you know? I know. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> not taking anything. No. But it's, like, no. But I, it's a fun what if sometimes, mm-hmm. with especially when you hear about... Uh, what alternate castings could have happened. So there's an alternate dimension version of this movie that has Harrison Ford and John Belushi in it. And I'd I'd like to see that. (laughs) I'd like to. I'd really like to see that. Um, The supporting cast is really great too. Samuel Jackson, of course, is always great. Richard Attenborough as John Hammond is, is, is it's a wonderful Wonderful. character. Wayne Knight though, as Dennis Nedry, Newman, (laughs) you know, and we mentioned Newman way, way back when we did the basic instinct Mm -hmm. commentary how good he was. And he's a big reason that the whole Sharon Stone scene works and that, and Steven Spielberg saw that movie and said, that's the guy and wrote his name down. Yeah. Waited for the mm-hmm. cast list. He's, he's great. It, but the kids are great here. Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello are amazing. I think in this because kids, you know, you can go two ways with them. They can be really annoying uh-huh. or they can be like these kids, mm-hmm. you know, yep, who I think are pretty good. Oh, I think they're really good. I think they're good. And then with uh, Sam Neill is, wonderful mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean like you said earlier this this cast i feel like the whole entire cast y- you feel for them unlike some of those older monster movies where yeah. you just kind of lack that yeah. you know yeah. feeling for the cast but there's just 
they're all so good. And and it's because this is about something. Right. You know, and it goes back to this is about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and this is made by a really great filmmaker who knows how to pull the tension strings, knows how to do the the horror thriller stuff, but can do the emotionality and the human drama stuff great too. And right. so they they really meet it's a nice like it they meet so well in the middle. This is a great movie. It's a reason why this movie went to number one and is still widely regarded. There is another reason why this movie is still so widely regarded that we need to talk about. Uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, number one co-star, John Williams, <laughs> he's okay. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's okay. He's he's written some okay store, scores. Uh, this is another one that's just really okay. It's uh, it's atonal, intense, and it's rousing, and mm-hmm. it's him-like. What impressed me, it's very quiet at yeah. times, and he lets the film breathe, mm-hmm. and he doesn't try to impose his will on this movie right and uh that theme the the two kind of theme main themes he Mm -hmm. wrote uh really great now he uses them throughout the the movie uh here's here's a a little bit extra credit for you watch the movie note where the theme the main theme appears that you associate with this film and then put a clock on it and then tell me when it happens (laughs) again uh it's about an hour you only hear it twice yeah. in the movie, which is amazing. And he's got some really great <laughs> atonal stuff that's really kind of related to the stuff he was doing in Temple of Doom with the bugs and things like that and Jaws as well. So mm-hmm. he's great. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's the man. He's the man. Well, you, I like the theme. You like the, I, I like, like the, the theme a lot. I like yeah. The score. I love it. I like the whole score. Everything here is working. Story, subtext, deeper issues, the actors, the characters music the production you know the effects everything is working as a unit here mm-hmm. and, and it's an it's an impressive unit yeah you, know, you got the best people here you know working on this thing and yeah. they, they made this movie that's incredible full of these iconic moments we talked about a few of them the raptors and the t-rex attack you know the uh the uh the water glasses with the water you know as a t-rex is is, mm-hmm. is walking and you see the uh, the the vibration yes. in the water. Did you read anything about that? Did Mm-mm. you? Um, Spielberg had Earth, Wind, and Fire going really loud in his car, <laughs> and the horns were doing something, and it made his water like like do that. He's like, oh, we got to put that in the movie. So uh, it's great. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire awesome. influenced influenced the movie <laughs> a little bit. So, but everything's working working in tandem here. And when, yeah. and when you get great people like this with a with good material and letting the material do its thing and it's working mm-hmm. in tandem, this is gonna this is gonna happen. Exactly. So my final analysis of the film can be boiled down to five words. It's just fun to watch. It really is. It's just fun (laughs) to watch. Y'all forget everything I said about any deep analysis. This is just fun to watch. It's a fun movie. It really is. Fun, fun movie. So it's one of your favorites, isn't it? It is. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Is it it everything we talked about? Is is it that? Because it's... I didn't realize it until we did Big Monster Month and we kind of zeroed in on the monster movie, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote problem, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> but that this movie does everything so well. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just such a good movie all around. And I love seeing those dinosaurs every time, you know, it, yeah. it's just amazing. Completely. Completely. Love it. Love it. Me too. Just wish we'd gotten to see John Belushi in it. Me too. Wish we'd gotten to see Belushi in a lot more. Me too. So, 
Well, with that, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news that is not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We will see you on the other side. at the Cozy Corner Society of History and Other Historical Stuff recently discovered unseen pictures from the 1969 Woodstock Music Festival that seemed to feature a large African mammal with long hair and sandals hanging out in the crowd. The animal in question has been identified as a hippopotamus. There has been a rash of missing bras in Cozy Corner recently. Police spokesman Sergeant Frank Monday says they're going to recover all of the missing bras. When asked how they plan to get the bras, Monday said there's only one way to catch a bra, with a booby trap. We'll keep you posted. Samurai Futaba, proprietor of the Samurai Delicatessen, recently had second thoughts while attempting seppuku, or ritualistic suicide. Apparently, Futaba had a mid-knife crisis. Finally, I don't know about you, but I don't find any of these news items that punny. And that's the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. Evangelical Vegan is Cozy Corner's premier vegan restaurant. Do you know why you shouldn't eat meat? Come down to the Evangelical Vegan. We'll be happy to tell you. The Evangelical Vegan, now with a new fart patio. Come fart freely at the Evangelical Vegan, located on Sacred Burial Road, next to the Dark Depository. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We're going to wrap up our discussion of 1993's Jurassic Park. This is a really, really 
great movie. And in lieu of stars, we are awarding it big piles of dinosaur shit. I know how I scored it. I have a feeling I know how you scored it. Faith, how many big piles of dinosaur shit did you give Jurassic Park? This movie got four piles. Or big, the big, big piles, piles, excuse me, of dinosaur shit. It also got four <laughs> big piles of dinosaur shit from me as well. That is eight <laughs> piles of big di- big piles of dinosaur shit. I can't I can't stress enough what a great watch this is. It, it's you know, and you're right. It works as a slasher movie too, mm-hmm. and it's a philosophical question that's being asked here. And as we're moving into the age that we're living in, you know, uh, have they cloned humans already? We didn't really go down that road too much. That's another. We're going to talk about that <laughs> maybe next month with sci frightmares. But um, so it does bring up those questions, ethical questions, and it's also just a really fun watch. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you, can't, you can't really say you know, enough good things oh, about no. it. I think it's one of the best movies we've done on the show. I think so. We've done some really good movies, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We've, we've done some really great films on this show. We've done some okay movies, too, but, <laughs> but we've, we've done some good ones, and this is really one of the best. I'm always impressed with Jurassic Park when I go back. But I said this about Jaws, too. Yeah, you know? I mean... So. Well, you know, the dude knows what he's he's doing. doing. (laughs) Dude knows what he's doing. All right. We started Big Monster Movie Month with four films. We had The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. We had 20 Million Miles to Earth. We just finished Jurassic Park. Of course, all of those other episodes are available wherever podcasts are found. And if you haven't listened to those, those were some of my favorite episodes that we've done. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we really kind of get into movie history and uh, it opened itself up with that because we did an exploration of Ray Harryhausen and, and those different things. Uh, I think some fun stuff in those episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And Ray Harryhausen worked on The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Well, that movie was a direct influence on 1954's Godzilla. And we are going to round out Big Monster Movie Month with the last film that we had picked, Shin Godzilla from 2016. This movie won Japan's Best Picture Award. It was the first Godzilla movie to do so. That's very interesting. I have not seen this movie. I haven't either. You haven't either. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Forgive me out there. I I know I'm not going to pronounce these names correctly, but we're going to give it our best shot here. It was directed by Hideaki Anao and Shinji Higuchi. And it stars Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takanuchi, and Satomi Ishihara. So I couldn't have done that better if I practiced. <laughs> I probably just started an international incident with my pronunciation of those names. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a Godzilla fan. I, I love Godzilla. Me too. And uh, I understand this is uh, kind of a more serious take on Godzilla and uh, more in line with what's going on today. I think that the tsunami that they or i don't know if it was the tsunami or they had that nuclear incident there you know in the past few years ties into this but uh they said it's more of a kind of a social political you know story Mm -hmm. so just like the original i remember how good the original was i mean we we were both so so taken with that movie and i think what we're gonna do uh, that episode came out a really long time. It was one of our very first episodes when we started this show almost three years ago now. Oh, wow. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm, we're going to repackage that episode and kind of re-release it as it was. And uh, just so you can take a listen to it if you just don't want to scroll all the way down the episode <laughs> list. But uh, 
I thought it was a really good episode that we did. The original is a great movie. The original really touched me on a on a deep level. I remember we both had that emotional experience with yeah. the original Godzilla, uh, especially if you know the story behind it. So I'm excited to see what they do with Shin Godzilla. I it's, am too. it's gotten really good reviews. So we shall see. You know, Godzilla is one of those characters. It's a lot like Freddy Krueger in that you can take Godzilla really, really seriously, or you can make Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, you know, with <laughs> with Godzilla. Because Godzilla has met other monsters and, and android robots like Jet Jaguar and all these creatures. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been a fun ride with Godzilla for, geez, how long now? Almost 70 years? Almost, yeah. So that's crazy. One best picture you know, in Japan. So it's got to be got to be pretty gotta good, be right? Pretty good, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I'd like to give you all out there... A little heads up on what we have uh, coming up after we do Shin Godzilla, and we're going to do this the exact same way that we've done the past two months where we have movies and we're going to pick them from a hat at random. But uh, we're going to be doing uh, Psy Frightmares, as we call it, and we have four what I think are pretty good movies picked out. We have The Blob from 1958. We have Blade Runner from 1982. That's a, that's a great film. Uh, Fire in the Sky, it's an alien abduction movie from 1993 and another movie with Sam Neill Event Horizon from 1997 also has Morpheus himself Lawrence Fishburne in it so I think those are four pretty good movies we're gonna kind of sink our teeth into over the next month should be should be pretty good should be I'm, I'm excited for all of them I am too um real quick any takeaways so far from Big Monster Month has anything um kind of struck struck you I think for me it's the Harryhausen stuff just that's, how, yeah. how deep Harryhausen's influence goes that's you know, that's really film, true I, I think I mean we're still seeing Harryhausen's influence you know in in Jurassic Park I, I know, know this is 30 years old but they're still making Jurassic Park movies so yeah to this day yeah. And do you know I've not seen any other Jurassic Park movies I've tried to watch Jurassic World and just could not get into it I've seen I've seen all of them but the Jurassic World stuff is not my favorite it just yeah. You showed me that video with a score. There's a great video. I'm going to link. I'm going to link a description. Uh, a guy goes through the score for Jurassic Park and and how it. Um, how it, how uh, it's it, it's not exactly musical snobbery at all. But if you're not musically literate, you might get a little lost with some of the terminology. But but I'm going to implore you to bear with it. Yeah. And the, that's going to be in the show description. Well, it shows you how the score, how much effect it has on on the scenes in the original, and then you go into Jurassic World, and it's just, it's not the same at all. It's not the same. It just doesn't go. And I tried. I got about an hour into it, and I just, I, I just couldn't do it. And and I didn't dislike it. It's weird. It's like I didn't dislike it. It's just I was like, I'm just, I'm not into this at all. What's the second newest, the other uh, newest one that just came out? Was it's is it Forbidden Kingdom? Something. I want to say I saw it in theaters because I think me and my sister went to see something uh-huh. and it was out or something. And we're like, yeah, right. we'll watch this. And it just doesn't. I, it just I, doesn't. I honestly, my problem is I don't know what else you have to say about this after Jurassic Park because you get all the horror. I don't know what else you can do with the dinosaurs with, with the horror horrific elements here. And, uh, we should add, I love the fact that the raptors are seen in shadow, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And again, the movie plays on the faces. Ariana Richards with the jello and mm-hmm. it's shaking in that face, those eyes. You just know something's wrong. Right. But um, I don't know what else you can do with this, you know? Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not taking anything away from people who love these movies and there are people right. who love these movies. I just, I've 
only really ever seen the original and I don't feel the need to watch any more. Just like I don't feel the need to watch any more Jaws films, you know, because it's like, what else can we do here? You know, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, the first Jurassic Park is the only one I really can remember most stuff from. The other one's just kind of yeah. just there. They yeah. don't, you know, you don't really remember so. these iconic scenes from this original. So iconic. Yeah. So iconic. Yeah. Not taking anything away from people who love those movies. Yeah. I just have not been able to get into the, into the other ones I've tried. And, and this, this for me is it. So yeah. But anyway, well, Godzilla is up next and it's always, it's always fun to watch Godzilla. And, uh, like I said, first time watch for both of us. So this should be, should be fun. Should be pretty fun. <laughs> now the question is, do we watch it with in the original Japanese or do we watch it with English dub? Ooh. Ooh good question. It'd be a game time decision. <laughs> As always, we would like to thank each and every one of you for spending a little time with us here, letting us drone on in your ears for about an hour. Talking about movies is fun. Talking about horror movies is more fun. Horror movies are a communal experience in the horror community is one of my favorite things out there and I love being a part of it. Both of us absolutely love the horror community being a part of this. By, by far, we have the most intelligent, creative, and and sweet-natured people yep. in this community. Uh, you can... You can hear it in all of the all of the horror movie podcasts that are out there because guess what? There are other horror movie podcasts what? out there. Yeah, it's amazing, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh, this is a genre that I think just uh, brings out a lot of love and affection with people, you know, these movies, you know, engender a lot of love and affection and it's, it's, it's a trip being a part of this. And I want to thank all of you out there for your support, all of you all around the world. Uh, the amount of places that we're being listened to, you know, it, it, it's crazy. It, it really <laughs> is. It's really crazy. Cause I'm looking around this little room that we're in right now doing this and it's a very small room. Uh, my lovely co-host is sitting here and we're, being heard all the way around the world and and, and it's a it's a kind of a heady thing but to each and every one of you out there who are listening thank you so much it really means a lot and we always strive to do our best with this show uh sometimes we we, we do great sometimes you know we we don't get to exactly where we want to be with it but we're always trying to do our best talking about movies is fun as we said talking about horror movies is more fun and i consider this to be a good endeavor this is something that brings hopefully joy and happiness mm -hmm. to the world and not something that brings division and misery to the world. And we like having this conversation together. We want to share this with you and we hope that we might get you to watch these movies in a different way or maybe notice something that you haven't seen before or at the very least get you to watch a movie again and maybe you call a friend up and you guys watch this movie together and you have a conversation because those things can take you places just like we've done here tonight can take you places that you might not realize were there. Maybe right. you didn't realize you needed to go there. And we are living in an age where powers that be want to keep all of us divided on lines of gender and race and sexuality and, and, and class and any other thing that you can think of health. That's something they want to keep us, uh, uh, drive a wedge between all of us. And, and faith and I, faith and I don't believe in that. Faith and that's, that's never been the way that we've chosen to view the world or, or, or chosen to live our lives. And we, we just want to bring happiness and joy and unity to the world. And, and this is how we're doing this. So we hope that this brings that to you. We hope that it helps you pay that to someone else. And again, the best way 
that you can start that is 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 by by watching this movie with a friend, you know, watching, yeah. you know, having this conversation with someone else. So um, we're all in this together. There's more of us than there are of them. With that said, we hope that you're all out there happy. We hope that you're healthy. We hope that you're safe. We hope that you're taking your vitamins. We hope that you're being smart and We'll just leave it at that. So, yep. so we really want to want to thank all of you out there for for listening, and we really do wish you all the best out there. And and like I said, this is this is what we can do to bring a little happiness and joy to the world. Mm-hmm. So we hope we've done that for you tonight. Hopefully, 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 and hopefully we'll continue to do that. And like I said, we're going to continue to try to do our best. We don't really have a plan, <laughs> you know. You know, this is we're we're not trying to make money off this. This is Mm-mm. this is something we do for fun, and we love sharing it. And we we really thank all of you for listening. It's it's humbling when I see the numbers. So thank you all. And with that, it does feel like it's time to go, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. 2016's Shin Godzilla. That is right, the award-winning Godzilla film. Should we do it one more time? Should I read the names one more time before we go? Let's see. Maybe. <laughs> 2016 Shin Godzilla was directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi, and it stars Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takanuchi, and Satomi Ishara. I think you're doing pretty good. Ooh. <laughs> Probably just contributed to another international incident. <laughs> All right, Faith. It feels like it's that time. If we snap our fingers, will the magic happen on three? One, two, three. There it is. The music time to say goodbye yes it is yes it is thank you all again and uh, uh, make sure if you'd like to get in touch with us you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you it's always a trip when we hear from you and uh, we will do our best to get back to you it's been a little weird recently with things around here but uh, we'll always do our best to get back to you so faith take us home May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, spectre, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. Shin Godzilla is up next. We will see you on the other side in Tokyo. Ooh. Ooh.